Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We're back, we're back. We're back. We took a little bit of, we took a one week. Oh, no, one by week? the time they hear this, we will have been back. I yeah. always forget because we pre-record things. But just to but explain we, what, what right, happened. Right, because we didn't explain what happened. <laughs> uh, Easter. <laughs> That's Easter what happened. happened. <laughs> Easter happened. And I took my kids out of town for spring break for just a little Easter weekend. John, I know we're in a pandemic. I understand. We took precautions. We weren't in big social environments. We were all masked up and all of that. But my my oldest son's about to go to college. And we need to see where he's going to be. I I just don't feel comfortable with him going to a college without physically seeing it. it So, yeah. 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 So, we took a little bit of time away. But, so that was why our last, I guess, two weeks ago, by the time people are listening to this, there was a little bit of of a break. But this week, we're back with the interview. So, I am excited to interview this guest. Um, We're going to get more into her in a moment. But before we do that... A brief music tip. (laughs) A music tip. Music tip. Well, the music tip for the day is, and I just actually found out about it just from an email, um, because I don't even use uh, Instagram like I should, but there's the Instagram filters. Yeah. You all know about Instagram filters. Know about the filters. Know all about them. Yep, we need well, the filters in our life. <laughs> you, you, can, uh, you can create those by yourself and actually help brand your music um, content and releases um, by using Instagram filters. And what we're going to do, we'll post a link to an article that I found on ah. how to use, uh, how to create Instagram filters and sort of best practices and there's a program called spark ar that uh helps Uh you walk through it so um that is interesting interesting i don't think i and so you can create it for you said for your music huh yeah it's uh it's you can use it as a branding tool for your Uh music for your releases um, spreading awareness, of course, but uh, yeah, they there's a whole process, I guess, on that. And the article walks you through what people use it for and and how and how to create it, basically. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bandzoogle. From garage bands to Grammy winners, Bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world. Their simple step by step system will get you online literally in minutes. You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team 
not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month and includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to banzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and be sure to use our promo code MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year. I think that's another good tip. Very good. Very um, good. I, will, I, I will check it because I am a, you know, I'm an IG. Yeah, Although, I, I don't know. I, Clubhouse is starting to take over my social media world. I feel like I'm, you know, not giving, they've all become stepchildren. Yeah. To Clubhouse. Yeah, I know. But they're not. I have to utilize them all. So, thank That'd you. You're welcome. Well, that brings us, you know, as we talk about music business, you know, this, our podcast is dedicated to talking about artist development and bringing in artists and bringing in industry professionals. Um, really on the artist side, we like to hear the stories so we can, you know, have everybody, you're going to be able to hear yourself relate to um, the different artists and their, their journeys in this, this crazy maze of music and, and how they are building their music careers business-wise as well as artistically. Um, we also then talk to industry professionals, people who are the machines behind all of this. Well, rarely do we get that artist who is both musician and part of the machine. And um, I really feel kind of kindred to this guest we have because she and I do very similar things. Um, but she's been, I think, doing this way in terms of the artist development piece and the music business piece longer than me. And we were just chatting before pushing record. Um, I believe that her station, Women of Substance Radio, which was one of the first kind of independently like podcast radio types of spaces to be able to, she, her, her space was the first place I submitted my music to be considered to be played for people. And she accepted it. I was like, oh, and so, and like, I literally could go on the internet and I heard, you know, an intro to my song and played in a playlist. And it was, you know, it's nothing better than hearing your music being played when it's, you know, a radio attached to it. It's just like, wow. So she's special, you know, in a very special way, but she's also has a lot of hats. I'm going to let her describe this from being a musician to having her own academy to help um, artists and musicians and she does really special things for women in music um, to become more profitable and I'm going to let her describe that she also has a podcast that's wonderful that I listen to um, and just does a lot of really wonderful things to to help artists get educated but also um, to motivate and, and coach um, and, and do some really cool things so Bree Noble welcome welcome Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you because like I said, and, and we chatted before, you were one of those first people who said, I'm going to give you a chance. And I think that's really one of the most important things you can do for, for you know, developing artists. So I've kind of given a little bit of a slight, slight background, but I would love to, we always let our guests tell their stories. Um, because you are a musician, we want to hear first about kind of your music background, um, what kind of got you into music, and then how you segue 
into this other side. But we can, you know, if I need to remind you, we can go wherever we want to go with this. Um, we'll guide back into that. But I really would love to hear about your background and, and how you even got into music. Cool. Okay. So I, like most musicians, you know, I've been doing music forever and I just had such a passion for it from a young age. Um, I discovered that I wasn't afraid to be on stage. I think that's one of those things that when you're a kid, you're like, oh, like other people are scared to do this. I'm like so ready to do this, you know, and I get out there and I'm like, when can I do it again? You know, <laughs> so that's always a good sign. And I was involved in a ton of choirs in high school. I've been in several different uh, musicals and, you know, programs and things like that, uh, competitions. And so I was so ready to go to school to be a music major and major in vocal performance. And you know, I think it was really, really common back then in the 90s, you know, to go as and learn classical voice because that was almost all that was available. So that's what I did. And I was able to be in a few operas and things. And what I really wanted to do, though, was be a singer songwriter. And I did get an opportunity to sing more pop music in this group that I was in in my college where we were able to tour around uh, a lot of Southern California, Northern California, even like some to Colorado and Arizona and stuff on the weekends to be able to like perform at a lot of churches. I went to a Christian university. And so we performed a lot. I got, I really built up my like on stage persona, being able to feel super comfortable talking about personal things on stage um, and also learning how to play an instrument and sing at the same time. I never became really good at it at that point, but it was my first experience with that, which was new for me. Um, and it just, we also got to record a few albums. And one of them we recorded in a really professional studio in downtown Santa Barbara, where people like the Beach Boys and Kenny Loggins, you know, their oh, wow. famous album covers are on the wall. I'm like, wow, oh, wow. Cool, this is a right? real studio. You know, I'm 21, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I left school and I really had no clue. Like they just kind of like say, here's your agree, a degree. You're an amazing musician now go for it. And they don't give you any <laughs> clue of what to do to keep doing music. Um, mm. So I really didn't have a clue at all. Luckily I had, you know, had a backup plan in that I discovered that I really enjoyed business and so I became a business major focusing on marketing and accounting. And so I went, you know, out of school, I went and I got a, a job, a real job um, <laughs> in accounting. And, and eventually I became a director of finance at an opera company, which was really cool oh, because I could, yeah. you know, work in the arts. At one point, I thought I was going to get a master's degree in uh, arts management and I only applied to one school, which was UCLA, and they only had 10 spots and I didn't get in. So I decided not to go. But then I ended up, um, you know, getting a job that I probably would have gotten out of that degree anyway. So I was like, oh, I guess I didn't need that degree. <laughs> Work in arts management. Saved a little money. Saved a little money. Yeah, saved a little money in time. Um so, you know, I had to work in a job that I really didn't like for several years until this job came up, but it was so worth it. And so, you know, I, I loved working in the arts and everything, but all this time I was still trying to build my music career in the background, just trying everything, trying, you know, all kinds of different bands that weren't a good fit, um, mm. you know, not really feeling 
comfortable putting myself out there as an individual because I didn't really know who I was as an artist. I had only just started writing songs um, and I was like not confident. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the music business. I didn't know anything about how to market myself. It felt weird, you know, all the things that musicians go through. Mm-hmm. And, and so after like a lot of trial and error, like literally 10 years of trial and error doing this on the side, um, I came to a point uh, working at the opera where I just needed to leave. I had a, a small child at that point. I had a baby and it was very stressful trying to do this, you know, full-time job um, working in the opera and also in a situation in the arts where the money is very much feast or famine. So it's very stressful at certain mm-hmm. times of year when you don't know if you can make the payroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it was putting a lot of stress on me. It was causing me health issues. And then I was also mm-hmm. taking care of a baby. And so I just decided I need to leave. I need to figure this out. I ended up being able to execute an exit where I could still work part-time, which was really, really great Uh because it allowed me to do that while also building my music career. And, you know, at this point I tried everything and nothing was working. And so I finally thought like, okay, I will just, I'll start small. I'll start like in my own church and with the people that I know and put myself out there as an artist and see what I can do. Cause I'm like, other than that, like nothing's happening. So I may as well, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's where I really started to get traction. When I finally was not afraid to do what I wanted to do, to yeah. do my own music, you know, pick covers. If I was going to do covers that I liked that were very, very important to me. Um, and, and put myself out there and just do it very grassroots. And that's how I started. And because I was not working full time anymore and I had baby, you know, I was able to to focus on it a little bit more then and have the time to actually start doing gigs and stuff. And so, you know, that started to work and it was really just me having the confidence to put myself out there uh, to, you know, really go out to like people that I knew and be like, hey, I'm I'm offering up these services. Do you know anyone who has a nonprofit who works at a, you know, corporation that needs entertainment that, you know, is at a church that needs, you know, someone to do their Christmas party, like all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just put the word out and that's where it all started. And I started, you know, building from there. And it was a lot of, you know, just getting out of my comfort zone. Like I said, I hadn't, I had some experience playing my instrument and singing, but you know, I had formed a band locally, but they couldn't tour with me. They all had day jobs. So I had to learn how to, you know, be my own artist and accompany myself, which I never thought I could actually do. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I did, you know, because I I forced myself to, it was like, if I don't do this, I can't tour. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's what I did. And that's how I started touring as a musician at that point. And I would bring my daughter with me. (laughs) Nice. I want to, I want to go deeper into that because this is, this is like a lot of people come to this situation and come, come to that head of, uh, in their life. Um, you're working a job and then you're make, you make that decision to leave. Um, although you did work out a part-time arrangement, um, I want to come to that moment (laughs) of, uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm leaving this job. Um, how, how did, what, what, I guess, um, 
what gave you the confidence? Uh, is it just a set of parameters? Is it just something that clicked? Is you know, because that's really the the thing that people, I guess, struggle with the most because it's the fear uh, on the other side of the unknown. What's on the other side? If I if I fail, you know, all these other questions and scary things that pop up, the monsters in the closet that people are trying to figure <laughs> out, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and plus, you had a child, so I mean, you're you're dealing with somebody else's you know situation, so you're trying to really mitigate all these factors. And um, I guess I want to uh, give people sort of that encouragement of what that moment is and and how to really take hold of that moment and do exactly what you did. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a very practical person, so I always have to kind of figure out a way that I'm going to be able to justify something before I do it, right? So in this case, but like on the other side, what pushes me to that point of like, let me figure out a way to justify this is that if you're in a, if you're in enough pain, in the <laughs> yes. situation you're in, right? So I was in a lot of pain about not being able to do my music and stuff, definitely in enough pain around that, um, but not enough to push me over the edge until <laughs> I started having these health issues because mm. of the stress. Mm. So I have, um, I developed Crohn's disease and it's actually a, in my family. Um, you know, my, my father had ulcerative colitis and had surgery at 25. Wow. So, you know, here I was 30 and I started developing these symptoms. And after having a baby and all the stress of my job, plus taking care of a baby and having to take her to daycare and them calling me in the middle of work going, you have to come pick her up. She's crying. <laughs> right. She's, crying. She's nine month old, you know, <laughs> deal with it. So, yes. <laughs> you know, I was, it was just a lot of stress. And yeah, at that point I was the, the bigger breadwinner in our family because my husband had just gotten his PhD. He just got his first professor job. And so, you know, at that point I was making more than he was. So it was a big leap. And also to be clear, I didn't know I was going to get this part-time position. This only came to me after I hired the person to replace me. And she's like, you know, you know how to do all these things. Why don't you just do these things for a while <laughs> while I'm getting up to speed? And then she ended up just having me keep doing them for another five years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it worked out. Um, but I didn't know that at the time I was at the point right. where I had to figure this out. And so what happened was I, I went to this open house down the street and from our house, we had had our house for about three years and I was like, holy crap, how much are they asking for this house? And I realized that our house in our neighborhood had like almost doubled what we paid. Oh, I mm. hadn't even really looked into it. I was like, yeah, I know Orange County prices are going up, you know. Yeah. But once I figured that out, I'm like, this is it. This, this is your ticket. Out. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I immediately went and talked to those realtors. I'm like, you want another house to sell? <laughs> Come walk down the street with me. Right. And, you know, I was just I was like, this is it. And also it allowed us to be move closer to my husband's work because he was commuting. So we were living kind of between our jobs. Right. And so we really made a big shift in our life at that point, but it was a really good time to do it. Oh, um, awesome. But there was definitely that, you know, wanting to do music, like feeling that, you know, it's almost like the biological clock, but it's like the music clock that's like, right, oh my gosh, right. I'm 30. I haven't done anything yet. I've wanted to do this for years. 
Um, and I knew that this was the only way I was going to be able to have the kind of time that I needed to, to really figure something out that was going to work. So yeah. I guess the message is for folks listening is you make the decision and then all of the little pieces will start to fall into place. And then there will be that big aha moment that you have equity in your home. No, but I mean, you look for the opportunities. I was thinking the same thing with women of substance, right? I wanted to start this, this, I had this radio station, actually, it's online radio station. I'd had it since 2000. It was a total hobby. (laughs) And, you know, at this point, uh, after I had quit my job, and I was, um, you know, home with my daughter, I was doing my music career, all that. I really wanted to to continue this thing, but it was going to cost me because they had started charging people to have these stations when I originally did it was free. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was interest there because people had joined my station and everything when it was just like my hobby thing and I wasn't even promoting it. And so I was like, how can I pay for this? How can I at least break even so I can do this thing? And that's when I came up with the idea of like, hey, I can go out to independent artists because I love independent artists. I can... Um, you know, just ask them to contribute just a tiny bit of money for me to be able to review their music and pay for my time. And that would allow me to pay the cost to have the station. And that's how it started. And that was, you know, so I started out breaking even. And eventually after a few years, and of course, I'm putting my own time into it. But after a few years, I'm able to like turn it into a professional station and get commercials. And then eventually we have a podcast, you know, but like, if I hadn't have realized that all I need to do is break even to get this thing started. And how can I do it and getting innovative with that? You know, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done it. Mm. Yeah. I love this. We have so many parallels, so many parallels that the getting so uncomfortable that you can't, it's like, I just don't have another choice. Um, and, and I'm really glad, you know, that you said that you're a very practical person because I think there are a lot of people you know, thinking, oh, I should be more of a risk taker. I should just jump out and whatever and think that they need to change who they are with that. And it's like, no, that practicality actually can work really, really well because it allows you to think things through while you're still kind of taking these leaps um, and not just taking a leap and, and not having, you know, a plan. So I, I think that was, is so funny because I felt the same way. I just kept getting more and more uncomfortable. I didn't have necessarily a physical um, manifestation, like, you know, you're tired of health issue, but I had, a, I, well, I did, I had a mental health because I, mm-hmm. I really was starting to feel depressed. So I, I think, you know, it's important for our listeners to, when you're in what Will was trying to paint there, as far as if you're in that space, should I do it? I should mm-hmm. I not. I think that was great to hear from you and how, even in our practicality, you know, there are ways to, to do this. Um, yeah. And the risk is usually it's, you're doing something that you maybe have never tried, like with the women of substance where I was like, well, I don't know if artists are going to pay for this or not. Um, but I had to take the leap and like pay for the station and then hope that, you know, I could make the money back. So if you have an idea you're still taking risk because you don't know if it'll work, but you're not just totally going out on a limb without any possibility of something, you know, working. Like I certainly would not have just quit my job without, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> anything yeah. that was yeah. going to pay for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a question. Um, so you had done the women of substance that started to organically, it sounds like, you know, once you kind of one thing would happen and you realize I kind of need to break even and, and it was moving and moving. Um, 
were you, as that's growing and growing, and as now this kind of doing the music business side start growing, um, did you stop doing the touring and musician stuff or, or, you know, and even now, are you still doing music or have you now just heavily on the music business side? Yeah, I've totally transitioned to the music business side um, just because I have so many students to support and all that. Um, but it, I mean, a lot of things happen. My kids got to the age where they were in the elementary years and they just didn't want me to be gone. So like the last thing that I really did was my holiday CD tour. And when I came back, it was almost two weeks and I came back because I didn't bring them with me at this point because they were older and they were like, oh, you missed this and you missed this and you didn't get to build gingerbread houses and all that stuff. And I was like, oh. So, you know, at that point I had moved to the mountains and we were living a little bit more, you know, remotely. We were, you know, really like any gigs outside of our town would be an hour away. And so I just decided at that point, I'm going to put this on hold. And, you know, that was really when I, after a couple of years when my daughter, second daughter went to kindergarten, that was when I was like, okay, either I need to get a job or I need to you know, figure out another way to do this from home. And I had had so many female artists I was in connection with because of women of substance and realizing that they really did need some guidance, especially in relation to marketing, promoting themselves and the business side. And because I had that business background, I've thought this is, you know, this is something I could do. I can help a lot of people this way and I don't have to tour. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of how it started. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I have questions, but go ahead, Will. We try to go back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, just because there's a lot of rich um, information that you have that people might want to really tap into. And the the tour side, um, I know you stopped doing it, but what what did you do to actually build the tour for yourself as an independent artist? Because that's where a lot of people have a lot, have some problems. They're trying to figure it out, especially just as a, you know, solo act. Um, how, how are you building? How did you build your tours back then? Yeah, I, I built, I was very much of a niche artist in that I really um, appealed to women, especially. So I did a lot of women's groups, um, you know, community groups for women, um, like uh, corporate groups for women, um, women's meetups, that kind of thing. I was, uh, as part of what I did was Christian music. So I did do a lot of churches. Also, I was in that stage where I had young kids and I discovered an organization called Mothers of Preschoolers. And they have a program, like every single thing that they do. So every other week they have a program. And so they need content. <laughs> so I developed um, a program from my music that included stories of my growing up that related to my songs. And it was around a theme. And, you know, I would promote that to them as well as like, I have a Christmas program. I have, you know, a Mother's Day program. And they always needed programming for that stuff. So wow. I was very, very intentional about the places that I reached out to. And I did a lot of, you know, connection and referrals and stuff. When I would, you know, do one mothers or preschoolers group, I'd be like, Hey, you know, is there anybody else you can refer me to in other, you know, local ones that, that I can talk to about this or that you can recommend me to. And I ended up doing 
like a lot, you know, almost like a hundred different mothers or preschoolers groups over the years throughout California, because they have them all over Northern, Southern. I even did some in Oregon. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really, I was trying very hard to tap into um, organizations that had multiple locations or, you know, kind of like a a franchise kind of situation, because then I could Uh build around that. And like, oh, okay, I've got an event in this area. Let's see if they have any mothers or preschoolers. Let's see if they right, have any right. women's groups, you know? Yeah, that, that's very, uh, very, very smart, number one. But because the organizational route allows you to tap into the funding that, that happens for organizations. Because if you're in event, going to venues all the time, then the venues are just depending upon the, the traffic and the meals and you know, the drinks and all that, that, that other stuff. And organizations actually have some funding. So... That and so you get paid more, so but it, it's more stable, yes, totally. And uh, you know, I would fill in with things like coffee shops and you know, songwriter showcases and house concerts and things like that. But I would build it a lot around either churches or community organizations, awesome. So with, and I love that, and please listeners listen to this, because I think people get really caught up in, I got to be the next star and don't understand how their music can be used in so many ways. I mean, people use music all day in so many ways. So I'm really glad that you, you know, brought that other side of how you took your niche and and really, um, really pushed it. Um, when you were doing that and you know, you were touring and then I, and then I want to make sure we get to what you're doing today. Cause you're doing some really phenomenal things today. But when you were doing that, you were doing, you were going to the organization, all the things financially, were you financially where you wanted to be? Was it, you know, was it income or was it still kind of paying for itself? It was definitely income and I was selling a lot of CDs. Um, and I didn't really expand into other merch yet, but I would have if I would have kept going for sure. Um, but I did sell a lot of CDs. I had three different CDs um, and they were all very different. So people would often want to buy all of them and I would sell packages and stuff. So nice. yeah, between the honorariums that I got, I would get, I would always try to get free housing. Either, you know, they would put me up in a hotel locally that they had an agreement with or, you know, someone in their group would house me. And I've stayed at some pretty amazing places. One of them, I stayed at like this like mansion in Santa Barbara where they had an entire wing for my family. So, you know, you never (laughs) know what you're going to get when you, (laughs) especially like nonprofits, you know, there's a lot of people involved in nonprofits that have, you know, a good deal of money and they don't mind housing people. They actually really enjoy it. So that was something fun that I, that I did. So I really didn't have a ton of expenses other than gas and food. Mm. Nice. Excellent. So today, because you do a lot today, and I would love to, if you could just share with, um, yeah, share with our listeners, what, what are all the roles of Brie? Because I know I'm going to miss 12. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to go through how it kind of all occurred. But you know, in 2015, that's when I really said like, yep, I, I don't want to go get another job. I want to help musicians. I know that there's this need, especially amongst my audience of people that I'd worked with, with women of substance. So I started my podcast, The Female Entrepreneur Musician that you mentioned. It's been around for six years now. Um, and then following that, a few months later, I opened up my Female Musician Academy. And it's a membership group 
for uh, female artists where, you know, we talk about all the things, marketing, social media, business stuff uh, that, you know, promoting yourself, all the mindset stuff. So I love working with those students. I still have that academy today. We're about to hit our six-year anniversary on the academy. Wow! Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And then I, in 2018, I started doing my Profitable Musician Summits. So I did one in 2018 and 2019, and it was all around how to make money from music. We did one on uh, income streams, like 33 different income streams. The second year was all about improving your bottom line. So it was all about income and expenses. And I just love talking about, you know, how artists can make more money and become more profitable. I love it so much that we decided to change in our entire, move our entire brand umbrella to the profitable musician, which we did last year. Um, And around that, we started a new podcast called Profitable Musician Show. So it's like very similar to what you guys do here. Um, It's very focused on how can musicians be profitable, you know, money-making opportunities, how can you save money, that kind of thing. Um, Because I I think that's really what's holding artists back. Uh, Even if you're not, you don't want to be a full-time artist. But you can't keep making music if you're not making any money. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna resent it. It's gonna be frustrating. You know, so even if you're a hobby artist or you're doing it part-time, you've gotta make some money <laughs> or you can't <laughs> keep affording to just throwing this money down the pit, you know. How many yes. plugins can I buy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things we can spend money on as musicians, you know, more instruments and more plugins, Mikes, more studio know. gear. Oh my God, the gear, the gear life. Yes. Oh. I love that. I love that. And I, 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 in a moment, we're going to let you kind of share how people can get in touch with you because, and it's funny because I, you know, I am that artist and people know this about me. I share, 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 and we do do similar things, but I'm like, no, you need to go listen to Bree's stuff. Like you need to, you need to really participate in this because I think that you've organized it. And, and now that you've kind of given the history of how it all came about, you really, I mean, this has been going on for two decades almost really of you. I mean, from when you started women of substance as a hobby to now that's 20 plus years of time, you know, really kind of doing this. So I think that's awesome. I had a question about COVID Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how has COVID impacted you professionally? Um, You know, are, are people still signing up or how, how has it impacted your career, your music career at this point? It, it actually has not impacted us at all because musicians, you know, we were already helping musicians online. You know, we were, we've been using Zoom since 2016. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, I'm so glad people are finally coming into our universe (laughs) with the Academy members on Zoom since 2016. So Mm -hmm. people just became a lot more comfortable doing courses online, you know, being part of membership online. And that was all they had, you know, they couldn't meet with their local musician friends or they wanted to learn how to live stream and actually make some money from it and stuff like that. And so we just really dug into teaching a lot of things that could be helpful for musicians in our, you know, our new reality of COVID. How can you make money online? What what are some other income streams you could add? How can you transition your in-person students to teaching them online? You know, that I really, really uh, doubled down on doing a lot of content around that to help musicians, free classes, free um, 
you know, podcast episodes that are specifically to help them make these transitions. So it's actually, you know, we did, we did fine in 2020 and I'm excited because now, you know, people are all on board with the more income streams that I've been preaching for years because of the fact that, you know, one might just disappear one day. So it's good to like have more Yeah, (laughs) because you never know what's going to happen. If you were all in on performing live, you know, suddenly everything just disappeared. So you don't want to be all in on one thing. Right. I'm not even all, even in, in my own business, I'm not all in on one Thing. I actually right. you know, coach for another program and just because number one, I like to be involved in multiple things. Um, but as well, you know, and I'm still doing stuff as an artist too. I still occasionally do demos for people and mm-hmm. just because I wanted, I'm a multi-passionate person, but also I just love having all those income streams because you never know what, what's going to happen in the world. Yep. So yeah, that's, I, I think it's, moving forward, it's exciting because we still have all these income streams that people have started to develop during COVID, but now we're going to get our performing back. Yeah, it's coming back. I'm actually doing a clubhouse this afternoon about transitioning from virtual for singers, transitioning from virtual to in-person and how are we, yeah, how are we feeling about that? So, um, are you know, excited or scared or like, what, how do we do that? Should we start looking for gigs? Like how do we sing with a mask? Yes, no, people are not singing with masks. I've I've seen some people who have audiences and I've been paying attention to kind of how is where's the audience positioned versus the singer and yeah, we had someone on our clubhouse last week who was talking about how they, you know, they just did their first gig and how awesome it was and how so many people came out to it because Mm. they were amazing it, you know. Nice, nice, nice. Well, this has been awesome. There's so much. I I mean, I have more questions, but we don't have time. But I want to make sure that now I'm curious. I'm just curious for the Academy. That's a membership base. It's like a monthly membership. Can you share like about is there a different range of the fee for that? I'm just curious. It is $59 a month uh, for 12 months or it is $590 a year. Um, So we do really ask that people make that commitment for a year because I don't feel like people can make any progress if they're just like, right. oh, I'm dabbling this. I'm going to check this out. You know, we commit to you. We give you all the resources you need. We give you weekly, um, you know, meetups on Zoom to help you. So right. we want you to commit to us. So, right. you know, that's kind of what I've come to over the years is I want committed artists in the Academy. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the first point. Um, and I also have my Rock Your Next Release course, which is all about releasing music. Um, and that's a four ninety seven course. So I feel like everything nice. we offer is super affordable. For nice. Me. I was just going to say that's super duper affordable. I mean, $59 about a month. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. And I, I just, I, you know, I know some artists still cringe at, you know, oh, to get that money together. But it's, it's just, it, it takes you such a long way. And, and you're teaching these multiple streams of income and ways to make yourself profitable no matter mm-hmm. what, which I think is really, really important um, that yeah, artists start learning you, that. You get the support. I feel like what artists need is they need that group of people that are like doing what they're doing and encouraging them and showing them that it can be done because so many people are in a situation where they don't have anyone around them encouraging them. They're like, Oh, what is this crazy like music thing you're doing? You know, how about right. you do something that's going to make money? This is a pipe dream and it can yeah. get super negative and, and, you know, discouraging. Yeah. yeah. 
Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, please share how people can get in touch with you then and the Academy and all the things, all the things. Absolutely. So if you're interested in the Academy, I would love to have you check out my free workshop because that will give you an idea of what we do in the Academy. It shows my uh, musician's profit path framework of how you can go from being a totally unknown artist to being like at that professional level. So that's at musiciansprofitpath.com. And then check out our podcast, uh, profitablemusician.com is our Profitable Musician podcast show. Awesome. 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 And make sure if you're on Clubhouse, follow Brie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> follow Brie. She's got some I, great rooms. That I do a weekly a Clubhouse of. room too. I'm trying to at least commit to do it once a week because it can get very uh, overwhelming, I think. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. And so, <laughs> as I said before, and I know I'm doing some shifts. I, I'm the weird person who has a science health background. And I don't like not attending to it. So I'm, I'm doing probably more on that side on Clubhouse. Clubhouse is more of the work that I do within that space. But it all is still really connected because it's all so tied to mindset and habits yep. and how you, you know, motivate yourself and whatever the goal is, you know, so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this was, yeah, great. This yeah, was we- really good. Thank you for inviting me. I I love this. This is great that you guys are doing this show. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we have the same passions. We're the same. Yeah. Will and I are just like yeah. So we're we're all (laughs) it's all simpatico in here. (laughs) It's a lot. And and Will is a professor um, in music business in college at at a university in at Bowie University, um, Bowie State University in Maryland. Maryland. So he's really passionate about the, the business side. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so glad that they're teaching that in school now because I got zero when I was in school. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, that's the whole point. I also got a book too, and that's what that's sort of what I that's what I use for my textbook. So um yeah. and, and it's a different perspective trying to teach people how to go at it from a musician's perspective. Because all the books on music business are from the legal perspective. That is right. And yes. that's that's why I wrote the book because nobody talks about it from the musician's perspective. So yeah, so that's it. Love it. We're all on the same page. Well, thank you. We appreciate you. And yes, well, we will be back. We have just a few more episodes before. Yeah, well, we have a few more before we take our little our break. Uh, Summer hiatus. I take our summer hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) We take a break from it all so so that we don't completely yeah burn out and fall apart so yeah (laughs) so thank you for tuning in and we will see everybody and hear everybody we uh, you know it's weird now for me i'm always like i'm thinking everybody's looking at us but a lot of people are listening to us only yes listening so but come on over to youtube if you want to see us so, so we'll and Bree is beautiful. Out. She's got all this hair. I don't think I know, like right? Check out her so YouTube so you can see her hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's got a lot of hair. That's cool. Anyway, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next see week. See y'all next week. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.